0: Hello Pastor Malcolm here with your prayers and the Bible reflections for Sunday the 28th of June I hope you're keeping well and let's begin our time together with some words from the Psalms Psalm 150 says praise the lord praise god in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty heavens praise him for his acts of power praise him for his surpassing greatness Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your goodness and your love. We thank you when we look out to, uh, around us, we see the beauty of creation, in the beauty of the sky, the clouds, the, uh, the sunrise and the sunset. We thank you for the beauty of creation in the trees and the flowers, as, as we see life emerge in our gardens and in parks. Thank you for the butterflies and the birds. And Lord, we recognise that you create all these things and you have given them for our pleasure and we delight in them. Father, we confess that even though you have created everything beautiful, yet so often we spoil it. And we confess our part in that. We confess our sins and our sinfulness. The things we have done, we ought not to have done. The things we've left undone. The things we've said, we have ought not to have said. And the things we've left unsaid. Father, forgive us. According to your word, forgive us, cleanse us, renew us. Thank you that when Jesus went to the cross for us, our sins were forgiven. And we thank you for the hope we have and the assurance we have in Christ. Father, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit. And Father, we pray that as we spend a short time together, that we might know your loving presence, even within our homes, At this time, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, I found out from Margaret Pullen's family, many of you will remember Margaret Pullen, that her cremation had taken place and her ashes had been placed with her late husbands at Enfield Cemetery. She had left her wishes for a funeral service and obviously because of Covid we weren't able to have a service in a normal way. But I am sending it out and making it available for those who would like to remember her in this way. But she chose in this poem, Footprints in the Sand. So as a tribute to Margaret and as a blessing I hope to us all, I'm going to read it for us. Footprints in the Sand One night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints, other times there was only one. This bothered me because I noticed during the low periods of my life when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I noticed during the most trying periods of my life, there has only been one set of prints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, have you not been there for me? The Lord replied, The times when you have seen only one set of footprints, it was then, that I carried you. Our scripture reading is from Acts chapter 4 and verses 1 to 31. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and, because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of people who grew who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, When they saw the carriage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say, so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further amongst the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called in the apostles and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They couldn't decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. But the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord. They said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why did the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable us, your servants, to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand, O God, to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant jesus after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of god boldly well that's another amazing scripture from acts and uh, fabulous to see um, peter and john and the other apostles uh, not only doing the miracles that jesus had done but also able to defend themselves against the uh, the Jewish rulers. That this passage follows on from that healing of the lame man in chapter 3 that we talked about last week, and it describes the incredible reaction of the Jewish re- rulers to the actions of Peter and John. On the one hand, you've got the crowds who love it and love seeing this lame man walking, leaping, praising God, and they wanted to know more. But on the other hand, the Jewish rulers were disturbed, it says in verse 2. So disturbed, in fact, that Peter and John were thrown in jail for the night. The next day, the Bible says that they were brought before the religious ruling council, the Sanhedrin, as it was called. To, un- to understand how things worked at that time, there are two things you need to know. On the one hand, we have the context of the Roman occupation of Palestine because this was the Roman Empire. And the Romans tended to be happy so long as there was no trouble. They didn't like trouble and they didn't really care what people believed as long as they didn't upset each other. So they wanted peace. Second, because this part of the Roman Empire had a majority of Jews, they'd been entrusted by the Romans to run their own affairs. In the same way, that you see that the Scots and the Welsh have devolved powers in the UK. The Romans allowed the Jews to run themselves. and uh, But of course, the problem here is the conflict between the Jewish rulers and the apostles. Maybe the Jewish rulers thought that as the weeks passed following the death and resurrection of Jesus, the disruptive nature of Jesus' life and ministry would go away. But they were in for an unwelcome surprise after Jesus' death and resurrection, and and the Holy Spirit had come. Things had changed. And even though Jesus was no longer physically around, these spirit-filled believers were proving just as difficult to handle. Peter's response to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council, was that it was Jesus who had healed this man and not them. The one the Romans and the Jewish rulers had crucified was risen. He was still at work through the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles. The ruling council didn't know how to handle the apostles, so told them to stop preaching, but then let them go free. Neither the Romans nor the Jewish ruling council knew what to do with the apostles, other than they wanted them silenced. They wanted them quiet. It's true that Christians in the West today often struggle with being open about our faith because we're a minority. People are happy if we don't say too much and sit quiet. But often our values and beliefs, which in many ways have shaped our society, now run counter to those in the mainstream of society. Christian organisations research and campaign on a whole range of issues, from care for creation to care for the unborn child. We raise our concerns, we pray for change, but often we find ourselves doing so as a minority people against the flow of the culture of our times. Harking back to the good old days only seems to provoke greater contempt, and to be fair, the good old days were never as good as people like to remember. In these days, the Church has had to adapt its approach to connect with and reach out to people in this generation, while at the same time remaining anchored in the wisdom and truth of God's word. There are three things in this passage to encourage us when we face opposition from unbelievers. Be kind, be bold and pray. First, be kind. In Acts chapter 4 verse 9, Peter describes the healing of the lame man as an act of kindness. You can see what he's saying to them. How could you think that what we are doing is a bad thing? (laughs) Acts of kindness can often soften hearts and should be second nature to Christians because Jesus always acted out of compassion. It seems to me that kindness is often underrated among Christians. Even the Apostle Paul said in Romans two verse four that God's kindness is intended to bring you to repentance. So it should be no surprise that being kind and compassionate can often win a hearing for the good news about Jesus. The second is to be bold. In Acts chapter 4 verse 13, the Sanhedrin noted that Peter and John were unschooled ordinary men. This confounded them because on the one hand they should be easily dismissed because they didn't have the equivalent of an education at Eton, but on the other the miracle he had performed, and the eloquence with which Peter spoke made them realise that there was more to these apostles than meets the eye. Many of us feel inadequate to share our faith or to speak up for what we believe. So this should be an encouragement to us when we feel embarrassed to talk to others about Jesus or when we feel confused or overwhelmed in some of the cultural debates of our day. In Luke chapter 12 and verses 11 to 12, the writer Luke records Jesus saying, When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Here in Acts 4, Luke, who also wrote the book of Acts, records an example of this, where Peter and John should have been lost for words, but in fact were given words to say that confounded their opponents. How fabulous is that? And it's an encouragement to us to trust God. You see, when we speak kindly but confidently, we can trust that the Holy Spirit will give us words to say when we need them. So the second thing is to be bold. The third thing is to Pray. As soon as Peter and John were released and returned to the other believers, what was the first thing that they did? Did they sit down and eat? Did they make a cup of tea? Did they make plans for the future? No, the first thing they did was to pray together. You see, they knew they had no worldly power to overturn the dictates of the Roman Empire, or even the Jewish ruling council. They had no army, they had no political power. But they believed god was with them and could overrule they believed that the holy spirit in them was greater than he that is in the world they believed that though they would continue to face opposition the power of prayer can change things and can change lives as ephesians 6 reminds us it is primarily a spiritual battle so the third thing we learn from the apostles in this passage is the power of prayer and the need for us to pray. Prayer reminds us that our lives are in God's hands and is a powerful tool in bringing God's kingdom on earth as in heaven. So three things we can learn from the apostles as we encounter unbelievers in these days. Firstly, to be kind. Second, to be bold. And thirdly, to pray. So we can ask ourselves, what can I do this week to show kindness, to speak up for Jesus and to pray? Well, let us pray now. Father God, we thank you for the boldness of the apostles and the confidence with which they spoke. We confess, Lord, that we don't often know what to say or how to say it. Like Moses, we feel we need someone to speak for us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may have the words to say and a moment to speak. Give us, O Lord, a heart for your word to shape our generation to the glory of Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, like the disciples who walked with you in Galilee, teach us to pray, to pray with wisdom, power and compassion, that the world may see Jesus, know him and love him too. Come, Lord Jesus, have your way in our lives. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for listening in today and I just want to close with the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and always. Amen.